everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 63. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And this is going to be a really great episode today. Our guest today is truly an icon who represents Harlem to the fullest. He's a community leader, entrepreneur, fashion designer, style icon, and philanthropist. Now let's get into his resume real quick. He's the owner of Harlem Haberdashery and... 5001 Flavors, and designer at Dead Couture, and the founder of Take Care of Harlem. We are really excited and humbled to have our guest today, the one and only Kels Barnett. Welcome thank to the you, show, you. Kels. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's always <laughs> nice to hear all of the things that you've done, but it's really uncomfortable to hear this thing. I'm like... I always hate when people ask me to send me the, my bio. It's, it seems so unorganic, I, but I realize that you got to do shit like that. So. Yeah. Because it's a ass bio. It, it, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying, trying to get it down. Like, there's a few things you left off, but it, it's all good. I know we're covered in the interview, it's so it's good. Gucci. Oh, let's man. get into it. Yeah, let's just dive right in. So, yes. Kels, what are some valuable lessons that you've learned while being an entrepreneur that you'd like to share with our um, listeners? Wow. Valuable lessons. Don't ask others for input on your ideas what mm. i've realized is Ooh. most creatives they value the opinion of their friends and family so much that they never actually start anything and they start to do coming soon coming soon coming soon <laughs> <laughs> i always tell people coming soon is a form of procrastination cuz in your mind by you saying coming soon and you having all these powwows with your friends you're thinking I'm in a comfortable place because it's coming soon, but it's really not coming soon. We don't come in soon until the, the shit is done and it's almost about to be done. So when we drop something, people are like, oh, shit, like, when was y'all working on this? And we actually be working on it longer than people think. Right. But I don't like coming soon. I don't like to get the input of people um, too much because it, it could throw you off. You know what I'm saying? And, and then I also encourage other people to be careful with the input that you give entrepreneurs and creatives because I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. people are like, you should do, no, you do, this is how <laughs> we're doing it. Yo, do this on your podcast. No, you do the shit you're doing and this is what I'm trying to do because if I do it your way, I'm going to be chasing 14 different people ideas. You got to do shit your own way. You know what I'm saying? So one of the valuable lessons is literally do, trust your gut and just do it your way. I love I'm glad that. that you said that. And to kind of go off on that tangent more so, so if you have a great idea, being that you're not going to family and friends, who is your check person? Because and as that, entrepreneurs, you always want to have that person where so, it's like, is it crazy or is it like, am I really on So something? you should have a circle of other creatives or other people who tell you if you're being realistic or not. Okay. Usually a lot of times that person for a lot of people is the person that you're in a romantic relationship with because that person usually Valid. is is the legi- uh, the logical person. But you, no, 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 no. Relax, it, Lawrence. It, 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 it gotta be. It gotta be someone that you that you truly value and and understand. Because what I realized, oh, when it you can't say, be a hit and quit situation. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I realized, the way the way we do relationships now, you don't even want the person to know where you live. Right. So like, I ain't told you about idea. Because a lot of times, like, chick, your real name. A lot of times, chicks use. Wow. A lot of times, chicks use your dreams and aspirations against you. Like, you ain't gonna never do that shit when they get mad at you when y'all break up. You yeah. clown ass motherfucker. You got a podcast. Like, yeah. damn, like you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I get what you're saying, but usually it's that person. It's usually someone that you're in an intimate relationship, whether mm-hmm. it's personal or you know what I'm saying, business wise. But you should have people that be like, yo, that's kind of dope. That's kind of hot. Long as those people know your creative process. Going back to what I'm saying, if my creative process to literally thought ideas at you me personally i don't need feedback yeah. i don't don't tell me how i should do something if i say yo this is what i'm gonna do i'm literally just talking out loud okay. i don't want you to be like yo this is how you should do it no i don't need that me personally i don't need that and i don't respect that and but usually the people in my life understand that and i understand that as well mm-hmm. you gotta let people fail you gotta let people fall fall into success like but if you give too much input to what they're doing it it they It'll fuck up the process some way, and that that's my personal philosophy. You know what I mean? I don't want your feedback as far as what I should do. I just want to spill out ideas to you. And what I realized with personal relationships is a lot of people talk to respond or they listen to respond. Yes. So I'm really not listening to you. I'm really just waiting for my opportunity to talk. Yes. So a lot of times when we talking and we're venting mm-hmm. and shit, that's the 
kind of the gift and a curse of social media. Sometimes you're just venting. You're like, damn, I'm feeling down today. My friend, I start calling you. I'm not on the ledge. Like, I'm not about to kill <laughs> yeah. myself. But yeah. sometimes you just want to vent. Yeah. And you got to have people in your life that know. And everybody is different. Valid. But you got to have those people. And a lot of times it's unfortunate. Some people never get those people in their life and that sucks this is true yeah i actually learned that maybe two three years ago they're not even listening to what you're saying they're no. just kind of find where they can no. jump in or how or they can say oh yeah i've done something similar to that and sometimes you have to even just tell them listen i'm going to share something with you i don't want any yes. feedback i just want you to listen so that's I have it a, i have some beautiful friends like that i could tell them yo and it's something that I need feedback on, but sometimes I really just want to vibe out. But people really just listen to you so they can respond. Mm-hmm. And we one up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> so hard. Like, yeah. Yo, B, I can't, how I can't have a moment, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, yo, I used to do that same shit. Like, we're not talking about you now. What the right, fuck? Right. Like, so, but the people do li- literally listen to respond. But you got to have people that know what you who you are and... And what I realize, most people don't get that because most people are not honest with themselves and most mm-hmm. people are not transparent with themselves. And one of the greatest things that, that I realize is that we tell the most lies to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We expect everybody else to be a, this upstanding person. Yeah. If you tell, like, everyone knows when I first come in somewhere, I literally need a moment in the corner to myself. And then it's not being rude. I just need to, to readjust to what I'm doing. Yeah. And, but you gotta tell people that. If yeah. you don't tell if you're not honest enough to say yo B, I, I'm not being rude. I can't come straight into a conversation. You know what I'm saying? I need to melt into a situation. But you gotta be comfortable enough to tell without feeling yeah. like you're being judged, you know what I'm right. saying? And a lot of people are not comfortable enough with feeling like they're being judged. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's but also so being at a place in your life where you can be vulnerable and tell people correct, that. Correct. Some people it, take, just it takes feel a, like, it takes a while. Yeah, not everybody's on that no. wave. To and be and that. everybody, you know, even though we're all brave and bravado online, a lot of people are not comfortable with being themselves. Yeah. And but I think social media is helping with that. A lot of people are starting to coming to wanting to be themselves. And mm-hmm. you see people trying to do little funny and creative videos yeah. and then they stop because they weren't. Fit. But social media, I think, is helping with people opening up to other things that they're into. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like if you just grew up in the hood, all you into is rap and sports. But now social media has opened up and you see people into things like I ain't even know you was in the Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so Facts. it's opening up people to new ideas, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and different ways of being. That's one of our um, staple points is be who you are. So Correct. being yeah. generic to yourself. So that's really important that you Correct. touched on that. We named some of the roles you've played. You, there's, I'm sure there's more to the yes. list. So can you please ask what other things you are involved um, in and so, how do you balance it all? So one of the, the new things that we started is um, the... We who? Oh, my family. Every time okay. I say we, is it's, it's family. family. Um, okay. Everything that I do, every award that I win, and every time I'm fortunate enough to get an award or get an honor, what I always say is I'm the one whose name is on this award, but there are literally dozens of people behind me who you will never see, who don't want to be seen, who have no desire to be seen. Like, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people. So when I say we, it's my friends and family. And even when I promote anything that my friends is doing, I'm doing. So it's always we. It's always we. Our event is coming and I promote some shit so hard that people think it's mine and it don't be mine. <laughs> so anytime I say we is is referring to friends and family. So okay. what we just started is a liquor brand called HHB Spoke Spirit. So now I am a distiller. <laughs> and I make um, liquor and it's beautiful learning the business. It's the first time in a long time that we're doing something for the first time and learning this shit. Because mm-hmm. right? we got fashion down packed. I don't think... The only thing we could do in fashion is elevate, but I don't think there's anything else we could learn as far as where we're at. You know what I'm saying? So what we're trying to do is broadening our horizon and get into more lifestyle stuff. Mm-hmm. So we started the spirit line with a rum, gin, and vodka, and it's been going really good to be this young. We're in a good place. We have some good ads, some good placements, some good media coverage. Like mm-hmm. We did an event with you guys. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Apologetic Art Expo. Yeah, yes. So, you know, it's, it's incredible to be in a new space. Like mm-hmm. I said, fashion, that's forever going to be a passion of mine. But it's nice to be excited about something differently than fashion. Now, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like... Uh, then all the stuff we do in the community, you you know, take, take care, care of Harlem, Harlem. and mm-hmm. we do a toy drive, a coat drive, a prom drive, a book drive, mm-hmm. a sweater drive, a school <laughs> supply drive. I love it. And the way, how do we balance, like, the way I balance it all is, I'm super organized. Um, really? Super how? organized. You got passion planner? Because I got fashion planner. No, so. And made my world. What I do is, <laughs> what I do is, um, once... 
I was one of them people that still wrote a lot of stuff down, and I was so against technology and using the calendar. Now, every single thing in my life, even to, to send back a text, I have to write down or put on my calendar. And if you want to do a lot of things like what we're doing, you got to be organized. I always see people like scatterbrain. And I'm like, yo, B, like, this ain't for you. Like, I could literally, you know, knock on wood, and I'm very fortunate. I got a lot of good people around me. I could start a new business every single day for, for seven days straight because I have so much help. And have so many people to rely on, and everything is literally copy and paste. Once you, once you <laughs> get, once you get yourself organized, anything you want to do is copy and paste. Uh, so when we started, you this, get that? I'm listening. <laughs> when I'm we started, <laughs> when we started the spirit line, it was literally copy and paste of what we did with the boutique. Harlem okay. Haberdashery was copy and paste of Five Thousand One Flavors. Now we're fortunate enough that we have a big following, and we have a lot of supporters and people who want to see us win. And we have a genuine story. Like, it's not no, like, phony shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So anything that we start, we're really doing. Like, there are people who probably started Spirit Lines before, and they weren't really into it. Yeah. We're really into it, one, because we like to favor spirits. We like to party. We like to celebrate. Yeah. We like to go out. So it wasn't, like, far-fetched. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who go into ventures and, like, oh, like you ever see somebody, one of your friends or somebody, acquaintance that you know, start a clothing line? You're like, you don't need, like, you don't need to fucking fashion. Like, what are you doing? Now they just got a T-shirt. Correct. So, <laughs> no, so nothing we do is phony. It's really a part of our lifestyle. Everyone knew us for having parties at the store and doing black ties. So it made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? But literally everything that, that I do, the way I balance is I'm organized. And it's just a copy of paste of what has been successfully working That's for you. Mm-hmm. You just tweak it. Everything you do, you tweak it. So even when I started the community stuff, you got to tweak it a little bit because that's philanthropy. That's not for profit. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the, the core, just like with the boutique, everyone knew my passion for community. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was for real. And everybody knew that I'm going to try my best to take care of Harlem and to take care of my community the best I can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it wasn't phony. There are people who do stuff in the community. We all know people do stuff for clout. Whether you pay us attention or not is going to be continuously done. That's why all of our stuff is like 6th, 7th annual right now. Like right. Mm-hmm. It's not like 1, 2, and we're done. Now, this is forever. Whether you're around or not. Because we've had people come in all excited, whoop de do for one, two years and follow. Like, no, to fuck with me, you got to outwork me. And nobody yeah. is ever, ever going to outwork me. Like, ever. Like, I go to sleep very comfortably at night knowing that I have not been outworked. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who go to sleep at night knowing, oh, I could have did this better. <laughs> yeah. Now, everything I do, there's not a person I've ever encountered in my life that could say they ever worked harder than me, not one. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they fucking lying or they delusional, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But literally, I surround myself with hard workers because I know I'm going to give 100% so I surround myself with motherfuckers. Now, if you surround yourself with people who go hard just as you, you're going to succeed. That's why everything that we're doing seems like we're really winning, but there's a lot of fucking hard work that people mm-hmm. don't see. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of people you don't see. You know yeah, what I'm right. saying? And so everything that we do, the way I get it done is literally surrounding myself with motherfuckers who want to go as hard as me and people who want to win as bad as me. You know what I'm saying? And you got to surround yourself with those people and people who want to win regardless of recognition. Yeah. There are some things you could literally look at when somebody's starting, like they're only doing this for recognition. Mm-hmm. Nah, everything we're doing is for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have a black tie where I'm giving awards to people, other people in the community. Yeah. It ain't even about us. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's like, lit. So did our sixth annual was incredible. It was the best of me. We just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, by the time we get to our 10th year of the black tie, everything is good. So we started everything at the same time. Yeah. The store... Harlem Haberdashery, it serves as like a hub for all of these ideas. That's mm-hmm. why everything is like parallel to each other. So it's like yeah. the six annual toy drive, the six annual black tie. Like everything is six, seven, like maybe one year or so yeah. apart. Now, everything that we're starting, if I put annual to it, even if it come down to me doing it myself, I'm going to continue to right. do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, got to be consistent. When I start something like, damn, could I do this for the next... 15 years like that's how I think but everything that I do I'm gonna fucking work hard even if I'm the only person doing it luckily enough I'm never the only person doing it you know okay. what I'm saying I got a lot of fucking help that's good to have a support system yeah mm-hmm. but you gotta build that that's true dedicated and loyalty a lot of people don't make it <laughs> this lot, is true a lot of people fall off the train but <laughs> they see, don't what, make the cut what's beautiful about what we do the train just keep going like yeah. we not slowing down we not right. asking you did you hurt your leg no, nah the sorry. train it's keep Gucci. going a lot of people don't make it man like you have no idea a lot it of people happens don't make it. it's family business. and friends a lot of people don't make it it happens that's so true and 
so you, like you said, you just dropped a lot of information, very valuable stuff there. Do you have any upcoming projects that you could share with us? That um, Upcoming projects. So we're trying to expand the spirit lines going into, I don't want to really want to build it, but I don't want to come and sue myself, but um, yeah. we're working into something that's really colorful and exciting that going into expansion, looking into going more uh, lifestyle brand expansions, working on a few different things that think are going to be exciting but literally what we're going after is i want to be looked at as like a ralph lauren right uh. most people say it because it sounds fun like i'm the next ralph lauren but what most people don't realize is ralph lauren is into real estate he has his own paint line mm-hmm. he has his own furniture line like Definitely there's more things than fashion yeah. anywhere where there's a polo he usually owns the building and that's why yeah. he's there forever i want to get into things that surprise people but it makes sense right you know what i'm saying like i would love to have my own paint color one day i would love to have my own couch design mm-hmm. one day like ralph lauren we're just literally always trying to work on expanding and getting better and tightening up what we already have and i think that's the part a lot of people miss sometimes is we do dope shit all the time like individuals in the world yeah but we never revisit the dope shit that we did to tighten it up. Everything yeah. could always get better. Everything. is You can't talk to nobody that's ever did nothing great. They're like, y'all would have changed this one part. So you always got to revisit your ideas and how could we get better mm-hmm. at marketing? How could we get better at reaching more people? We always have meetings with the family and our close circle of what could we do to get better? Because there's always going to be people who never heard of us, regardless of how dope you think you are. You know what I'm saying? You could have 400,000 followers. It's not 400,000 people in the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be another person you can reach. So I'm really always trying to reach people. And I always love when I reach new people. They're like, what? Most people have heard of us or know of us, but don't really know Mm -hmm. of us. So it's always dope when we meet people like, oh, shit, that's y'all. Like. Yeah. It's beautiful, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To this day, like, there are people who still go around who don't know the extent of the shit that we do. Because, yeah. one, we don't post everything just for different reasons. And yeah. sometimes you just forget. Like, it's just overwhelming. We go from one thing to the next. Every big movement in pop culture we've been a part of, every dope movement in hip-hop we've been a part of, but we just literally just keep it moving. Yeah. But we just trying to tighten our shit up and expand, you know what I mean? No, valid. And speaking of the other hats you wear, so 5001 Flavors Brands has an extensive Correct. celebrity clientele list. Yes. To name a few, the late, great, notorious B.I.G., Nas, P. Diddy, and DJ Khaled, how has your company remained consistent within the industry, and how do you work on ways to cultivate these long-term relationships with um, these celebrities? Wow, that's like a multi-answer question. So I Go think, right I, one, what I think happened is because we're so humble celebrities at the end of the day want to feel like regular people, right? So mm-hmm. when you come in, you they, they don't want to be treated as, oh, this is so-and-so. And When you come into our spot, you're a regular person. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're going to treat the janitor the same way we're going to treat the president. Mm-hmm. And that that's why a lot of people have remained with us. We've also worked with consistently with the same stylist since they started with yeah. Groove and June. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All those big people are consistently working with us. So when they get new people, we get new people, and it expands yeah. us. And, you know, you were talking about people that we do. We had the opportunity to work with Nipsey Hussle to yeah, a great extent. Great. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and what's crazy is there are people who didn't know when his style changed, we were the one doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so when he started getting really on his grown man mm-hmm. shit, that was us. You know what I'm saying? So for that to happen at such a young age and that we've worked with Tupac and we've worked with Biggie and we've worked with upon all these great people, he was great. And I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. he didn't even start yet. Yeah. Like, he was just starting out. Like, for that to be his impact, for Snoop Dogg to say, yo, he was teaching me stuff. And Snoop Dogg's in the game 30 years at this point. he's still in the game. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of people don't realize. Some people are ahead of their time. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And even when I used to post the stuff that I've done for him, the stuff that we've done, we would get four or five hundred new followers just from posting him. Like, I knew how dope he was. So the misconception is when people die, all these people love them. What people, yeah. most people don't realize is Nipsey Hussle was loved. Yeah. Way before he passed. I'm yeah. talking, like people were diehard fans of, mm-hmm. interview. so all his interviews that's coming out now, I, I remember y- the last episode, that's what yeah. you guys were um, talking about, but it has been around. Yeah. It's just that once somebody passes, it's like, oh, now it's a bigger spotlight. Yeah. But people always share those clips and you may just scroll, you may just peep it and not yeah. even realize it. Right. But he was always great. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And people always loved him. And I know that for a fact because I'm talking about any time I posted him, we would get four yeah. or five hundred just from posting him, his fans. Yeah. Like, So, you know what I'm saying? We've been fortunate enough to work with artists like that because of what we can offer. Mm-hmm. Like, there are not a lot of companies like us. Like, we can make a soup 
Well, anything you want in a one day. It's not six, seven week turnaround. Yeah. Like, you can sit and watch anything you want get made. Like and so most people call us last minute. Your Grammys tomorrow. Could I get something today? Absolutely. And they know that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like we guarantee it. Like Pepsi is a brand. <laughs> so y'all don't sleep then. No, I mean we sleep, but we have we have such a strong team. So the way we work is literally to make that sweater. One person be working on the arms, other person be working on the front of the shirt. Oh now wow. Another person be working on the back of the shirt, and your shirt get put together down there. So it's not one person working on one shirt when it comes to a project like that. Okay. And people love to see that. And yeah. when people come around, I don't think people re- we have a whole design studio. Like I have a mini factory. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I people think I'm just like one sewing machine or something <laughs> that's what we st- we started in a room no lie no bigger than this it was this space it was uh-huh. this literally it was, wasn't that it was literally walking space two people could fit in a room at a time one sewing machine now we got a whole floor you know what I'm yeah. saying of just yeah. guys making clothes all day so when people come and see that and we have events and we have a lot of space where you could come and chill and hang out and when people say like, "Oh, y'all really make clothes," I don't know what people <laughs> think. We do. People come see the sewing machines, like, "Wait, hold on, y'all really? Yes, we really make clothes, like piles of fabric all the way to the ceiling. Like, we really, this is what we really been doing this, this year. We're celebrating our 27th year this year, and the store is seven years this mm-hmm. year. Our big anniversary. I would love for you guys to come mm-hmm. May, next Saturday, um, May, May 4th. Um, it's the Harlem Derby. This will be our seventh annual Harlem Derby and what we mm. do is we dress as if we're going to the Kentucky Derby but it's in Harlem and it's really dope a lot of people yeah. look forward to it and it's so dope now that a lot of other places around Harlem has kind of like took on a theme so literally the whole avenue the whole Harlem people be walking around in, in the big straw hats and it's dope it's really That's dope and we lit. do it the same oh. day as the Kentucky Derby and you hear people screaming people really get into it man yeah. it's, it's really exciting to watch the, the horses run That's so dope. so yeah we do that and um it's crazy that we've been doing this and you know it's a humbling experience because when you have a dope idea when people believe in your shit you're like yo people really fuck with it like mm-hmm. the vulnerability of being a creative is, is you got to put yourself out there uh-huh. and it's scary as fuck yeah. it like, is you're like what if people think this shit is fucking whack yeah. but then mm-hmm. when people when I be on a train and you see somebody with something you made you're like yo that's kind of they don't even know who the fuck you yeah. are and then it don't matter who you are it's just yeah. so dope you sit right across from them like yo this shit is fly as fuck yeah. and they don't realize how fly they may be like why the fuck is this motherfucker staring at me <laughs> yeah. they don't realize that you in such amazement that someone believes in your shit to actually wear your shit and don't know who, it's so crazy yeah. like so that's so the store has opened up that opportunity for us because before Harlem Haberdash we were 5001 most people assume we only make clothes for celebrities mm-hmm. we've always made clothes for the everyday person yeah but they didn't have access to us. Like, where do we even go? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now with the store, people have a physical place that they can come to and okay. see us. So that's why everything has worked out because of the boutique. It's like mm-hmm. a, literally like our headquarters for everything that we do. Okay. Nice. Cool. So I've always been really intrigued with the Harlem Renaissance. Yes. And you guys, like you said, are a huge pro- proponent of Harlem. Can you describe what does Harlem mean to you? Oh, and my God. I- and what would it take to ha- like recreate like the Harlem Renaissance to have oh, that happen a, again love, in this time? I love time. that question. So here's the thing. The reason why the Harlem Renaissance was so special was because if you go into, back then it was a haberdasher, and a haberdasher is someone who makes fine clothing. Mm-hmm. If you go into a haberdasher, if you go into a plumber, if you go into a restaurant, you're like, hey, where could I get good food? They point across the street. You go to the restaurant. Do you know anybody that fixes refrigerators? They'll point across the street. Yeah. So the Harlem Renaissance literally worked off of you referring me. It were, it was a, like a buddy system. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, me personally, I think we're there right now in Harlem. It's a beautiful movement in Harlem right now where it's like everybody is supporting everybody. And without noticing it, a lot of people don't realize, uh, to popular belief, that Harlem is actually... In my lifetime, I mean, it may be different, and it may be people who have opposing ideas. There are actually more black-owned businesses in Harlem than I've ever remembered in my life. Wow. And there are, really? a, lot of, there are a lot of women-owned businesses in Harlem than I've ever remembered. But, you know, the way media is, the way social media is, people are, oh, white people coming to fucking Harlem and ruining Harlem. No, Harlem was actually white and black people moved to Harlem. Mm-hmm. During the Harlem Renaissance, there were white people that lived in Harlem. But we, you know, we have this misconception of what gentrification is. And what the real gentrification is, the real bad part about gentrification is not a white person moving next door to you. It is that corner store, that bodega now becoming a CVS. Mm-hmm. That's the gentrification most people don't realize. Exactly. We like to blame it on who's moving next door in a residential. No, it's business. Once, like once Apple 
comes to a neighborhood that changes the neighborhood. Yeah. So right now there are a lot of beautiful movements in Harlem. The the restaurant movement is incredible in Harlem. It is. We have a, a food festival really big called Harlem Meetup. That went there a couple of years ago. It was dope. Cut, this, Smith this, was there. This, this, <laughs> this year, this year was celebrating five years Harlem Meetup, and it is incredible. So a lot of people that come to the festival that's their first time coming to Harlem. Yeah. So the whole Harlem Renaissance was I don't want to say you know what's the word I could use I don't want to offend nobody but Marcus Samuelson from Red yeah, kind of spearheaded that whole yo Harlem is lit. Let's yeah. let's go. Uh. Because he was celebrity chef, more he had his mic was louder, so more people listened to him. Valid. So once he opened, literally within the span of one year from when he opened Red Rooster, forty restaurants opened in Harlem because they were like, "Oh, this is popping." Yeah, black <laughs> owned, black owned. Melba's good too. So a lot of people don't realize, yo. And when you tell somebody, they're like, "Yo, you right." It's way more black owned spots in Harlem than it's ever been. Yeah. But they're so distracted with gentrification, like it's a like the the big bad wolf. Fuck gentrification. The problem with people, not just our people, people mm-hmm. period is we're so concerned with who's not supporting us that who the fuck is. Yeah. When I go out to these Harlem restaurants, I see beautiful black people. I see mm-hmm. white motherfuckers. I see yeah. this motherfucker. It don't matter who's there. Yeah. This shit is black owned. Yeah. Fuck the people. Like, people get so yeah. confused. Yo, Harlem's so bougie. No, Harlem Renaissance was bougie as fuck. Motherfuckers <laughs> walking around in tuxedos <laughs> on a regular Tuesday. Like, we That's started great. elegance. We started yeah. class. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. When people say... The way people dress is some white people shit. Like, no, black That's, people started fly yeah, shit. Yeah. You look at you look at pictures of the Harlem Renaissance, the motherfuckers had on tuxedos, yeah. being like, you know, going to a restaurant on a regular day. We yeah. dressed up every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now that we kind of have this movement in Harlem, and literally every single night, you can name any and I can tell you what's popping in Harlem. And you'll go to like, yo, I did not know this even existed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so we have that now. Mm-hmm. It's just getting stronger once people, the more businesses open, the better. When we opened up Harlem Haberdashery on 122nd and Lenox, there was nothing around us. This was literally around the time the markets came with the restaurant. It was nothing. Now there's wild businesses. Mm-hmm. The more the merrier. Mm-hmm. There is no, there's, yeah. it's not really a comp. Yo, it's so crazy that with Harlem Eat Up, Marcus Samuelson literally could have opened Red Roofs and said, fuck Harlem, I'm focusing on this. Yeah. He brought all of these people. Yo, go here, go there. He does interviews, and that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Same with us. Yo, oh, we don't sell for doors. Go, go up the block to Flame Keepers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and he'd be like, oh, no, I don't have this. Go over there. That's how it should be, and that's what it is now, believe it or not. Like, it's a real beautiful moving on. And then on top of that, all these people are friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these people that own businesses in Harlem and, and that patronize these places are all friends, and they all chill, and they all hang out. It's beautiful, man. Like, nobody is beefing. Nobody is like, yo... Damn, my restaurant. Nah, like, yeah. it's really, it, what's going on in Harlem is incredible. Yeah. It, the only thing we don't have is a skating rink and a cigar bar. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, like, you'll never have to leave Harlem. I'm, I'm making note right now. <laughs> <laughs> skating rink, skating bar, cigar bar. No, yeah. I'm glad that you're actually speaking to the aspect of gentrification that exists within Harlem because it's this polarizing topic. Some Correct. people are just like, it's happening, it's not okay, people being, but your take of it being a Harlem native is different. It's, you know, it does exist. Yeah. I, I, I'm not ignorant to the but fact. But you don't feel shunned out. No, because we're creating that culture. Okay. And, uh, and, and it's aside from paying attention to all the shit that's being shunned out, come come to my spot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what, what black people do is, we're, we're our own worst enemy a lot of times. Valid. And what we do is, we wait for something to close, and they're like, damn, I wish we had a, a fucking black boutique here that made suits. <laughs> yeah. We do it all the time. Yeah. I got people that I follow on social media, you just log on middle of the day, be like, damn, yo, we gotta go to get a suit. Like, how? Well... What more? How more can I promote myself? <laughs> because most people do it for attention. Most people this do it for true. attention. And as somebody who looks at my stories, who looks at my page, yeah. like, damn, where the fuck did I go to get a suit made? Like, how did you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and then when you hit them, they be like, oh, I'm gonna hit you back. They know it. They they may be doing it to get the attention of some chick. Cloud. I don't know why they're doing yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Or people are like, yo, why aren't there black owned liquor brands? B, well, what the fuck more I gotta how, What more I gotta do? Do I gotta walk around with a sign? Do I gotta walk around with a fucking yeah. flag? And uh, you know, saying unfortunately, like the nip thing, what has to happen? If I was to walk out here and pass away, get hit by a car, everybody's online. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, my was, was lit. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. what? Yo, B, I do it at least once a week. I'm like, yo, please retweet. You know what I'm saying? Black owned liquor brand looking for expansion. You know, yeah, you get a few, but. 
it should be more. Yeah. If I pass valid. away, that shit gonna be at two thousand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Whatever. Millions. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad mm-hmm. because social media. We're we're in a weird place in social media now where. People are literally signed on social media to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like the entrepreneurship apocalypse. Yeah. I get it to a degree. Some people are in there for the right reasons, some people are not. But what happens is if you got two hundred thousand followers and I mm-hmm. got ten thousand followers and we're both selling microphones, people are gonna buy it for you. And you literally only selling it because you want to sell a hundred to go on a trip to Dubai or whatever. I really love microphones, I really love the science of it. I'm really in it. But people are gonna cause you got your mic is louder. And yeah. then once you go away, people are like, damn, yo, like and I'm like, and I don't mm-hmm. do it no more because you kind of move me out the way. Right. And yeah. that's what's happening is people are coming into spaces that they don't really want to be in. You know what I'm saying? But they're coming in because you're like, damn, I, you know, I, I do know how to cook macaroni and cheese. Let me be a caterer. Like, you're not a fucking caterer. You don't want to be a caterer. Yeah. You just know you can sell a lot of fucking pans of macaroni and cheese. This is true. You know true. what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. know you can sell a lot of hats. You know yeah. you can sell a lot. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, yo, I'm about to start a clothing line. You're like, oh, or you get all excited. Yeah. And then they show you a whole bunch of T-shirts. That's great. But what are you doing past that? Because you, you, any, me and you could start a, a fashion line right now and make a whole bunch of T-shirts. Yeah. You really love it. We just bumped you out. Because we want to make a quick whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We really want to do it for money. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if you want to be an entrepreneur, great. But really do it for the right reasons. Because uh-huh. it's a crowded space. I never really believe in competition. But the space is crowded mm-hmm. on entrepreneurship. On all, everybody's a, everybody's a PR. Everybody's a marketing Saturated. genius. Mm-hmm. Everybody's <laughs> an influencer. You're like, God Everyone's damn, an influencer. You know? Everybody is a stylist. You're like, okay. like, <laughs> But at some point... <laughs> Everybody can't be stylish because who are we dressing? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but the beautiful out? thing about doing that is you, you get weeded out. My fear is that while you're being weeded out, the person that's passionate about doing that has lost, has been discouraged and like, Basically. yo, this is some bullshit. That's why the Instagram and social media is toying around with these ideas of getting rid of numbers because numbers are fucking people up. Mm-hmm. Really? But I tell people all the time, everything started at zero. Everything. You know what I'm saying? Valid. But you're so focused on, yo, this person is more popping. I mean, that person started right where you started. That person started at zero post. You got to build your shit. You got to yeah. build. And it's hard. Yeah. It's hard when and you in a space. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, it, oh, it's hard sometimes where someone who start way after me, now and ahead of me, and I'm like, damn, I feel this. And now I get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? But see, I, I'm fortunate enough that I've been around this long enough that I know bullshit from gold. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know what's gonna last and what's not, and I'm oh I'm always willing to talk to people and encourage people. But it is hard because if you looking at somebody else, you're like, y'all remember when that person had 100 followers? How the fuck they get me? Kid, that's all smoking screens. Yeah, you you yes, got you almost got you literally got to focus on your shit, and mm-hmm. it's hard. It's so fucking hard with the so that's why sometimes you just gotta put Unplug. your phone down. You gotta yeah. put your phone down. How frequently but, do you do that? You know, believe it or not, what's crazy is I'm actually not on my phone as most people think I am usually I'm on my phone is to do something very specific like I'm not just scrolling around I do have my moments in the beginning of the day and at the end of the night where I'm like meme hunting because I want to laugh <laughs> shade room yeah yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit I gotta catch up on my ratchet shit but um you, you gotta put your phone down so you know I don't talk on the phone at all um I actually hate talking on the phone really like, I, I hate texting Oh, I'm going to text. I'll text. If you in an emergency, text me. You'll get a better. If you in an emergency, call me. Like, yeah, you could text me. Y'all, I'm in the fire. I'll come say But you call me. Anybody who knows me knows that. Do not ever call me. Do not. I will literally, somebody be like, yo, call me. Like, I'm like, damn, I just wish the world would end right now. It makes me so anxious. Because what I realized years ago, and, and this could be bullshit. You know how you tell yourself bullshit. Yeah. But we give so much to ourselves a day. Yes. That you got. The one thing I could keep is my interaction, like speaking to someone. Yeah. Another reason why I like talking on the phone is a lot of times it's about something very specific, meaning business. And I learned the hard way a lot of times where you'd be like, oh, hey, that jacket is going to be a 1000 yeah. on the phone. And then when they get it, like, you ain't you tell me that. You know what I'm saying? So everything is text. Yeah. And I won't. Valid. And I don't talk business on DM because now, especially on Instagram, you could unsend it like you didn't say it. So wow. it's literally only email or text. Yeah. Wow. And when I'm talking about business, so the whole time we were planning this, yeah. like I'm one of them people, I don't know how people do it, but when I'm finished with uh, whatever interaction we have, I delete the text. Okay. So if we're working on something, let's mm-hmm. say is August 31st, yeah. um, your text will stay until the event is done so you can't change up what you said. 
Okay. And I want yeah. it done. Or what is done. Yeah. So it's literally like a, in my mind, it's like a like a social contract. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't like talking about, it makes me anxious because. Um, People go back on their word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm a face-to-face person. I'll rather, if I'm in Harlem, I'll rather meet you downtown Brooklyn and talk face-to-face before I talk on the phone. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't like talking on the phone at all. I've, yeah. I've had relationships ruined because of that. So he don't do Jones then. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'll no. do face-to-face all day. I'm not talking to you on the phone. It's, it's literally, it, it literally makes me anxious. It makes me, me weird. And I, I know that's a commitment issue or whatever, but <laughs> hey. I just don't do not talk. And everybody knows this. You yeah. wanna, if you want to talk business on the phone, I got somebody you could call. If you want to talk business with me, mm-hmm. it got to be face-to-face. I don't like talking on the phone. Okay. So that's one of my things you know what i mean like i mean at least you're being honest yeah and that's the thing so let's say when i do date someone i have to tell them that like it'll be that's you know, up front though but you know that it, comes off but like, you know he got a shorty no no but you know you know when somebody really like you and when you could tell them yeah you know what I'm saying i only talk to people on on friday nights like, oh that's okay and then they get with you they're like oh my god like yo <laughs> like, serious. He like i told you every fucking thing you know what i'm saying like so yeah, I'm up front. I'm upfront about every little corp about me, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I got a lot of I'm a creative, you know, we're fucking weird. So yeah, it's true. You it's... gotta be honest with people. If you're not honest with people, you you gonna fucking fail. You no, know what it's I'm cool. I follow you on social media and I know that you have a great bond with your son. What is fatherhood like and how has that changed you? You know, what's crazy about my son is is he gave me is an excuse to be I'm already a big kid. I'm never gonna grow up. It's never gonna happen. I'm not I don't wanna grow up. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got more toys probably than my son. I play with Legos. So it's nice <laughs> that it looks like it's him, but it's really <laughs> <laughs> said I got somebody. So when he come when he come to my house, you know, I, I make, you know, art with my Legos and like he plays with Legos to play with them. I play with Legos for a very specific reason. Like yeah. It's, it's a very organized situation. So I'm like a big kid. So, you know, being a father man is what I you know, I love talking to new fathers or people who are not fathers who have all the answers and then when you, <laughs> what I realize what my son is um, just let him be himself. Um, he dresses himself. You dress however you want to wear pants with a fucking hole in it. That's your fucking business. Mm-hmm. If you want to walk around in a circle, that's your like. I, I'm not one of those parents that try to hey do the and you know like we try to. Um, Give him his creativity. I'm always embracing his creativity. I think I'm one of them parents that, like, if my son jumped, like, oh, my God, that was the best jump in the fucking world. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to be one of them parents, but it really is. I'm like, damn, yo, like, you just drew your name. Like, how did you do that? Like, I'm so impressed with everything he does. I love it. Even when he says a certain word, I'm like, what the, what? Like, and when he uses words in a proper context, I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? So. It's incredible to grow up around and to teach him things because I didn't grow up with a father. Yeah. So to teach him things that I wish somebody would have taught me. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible to see his growth. It's incredible to grow as a father. And, and in my mind, and, and maybe to the world, I would probably wasn't always the best father, but I always try to be the best father for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the pressure of a lot of people is, and like I, even though I'm a good father, I feel like I'm a good father. You always feel, yo, am I doing this right? Yeah, being a parent is is almost it's like watching your heart walk around out your body. You like just fucking sit down. Like, oh, you don't want him so to weird. do nothing. <laughs> you yeah. don't want him to go nowhere. Yeah. You don't want him to talk. You want him to breathe. Like yeah, you want to wear a hoodie. It's so scary, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, you like you just hope that with the things you've taught him, yeah, and the things that you've exposed him to. And I, I was having a conversation recently. And he just started crying because oh. it was kind of oh. deep. Because I was so he's tra- emotional, which is good. I was trying to explain to him that yo, you don't realize the sacrifices. But I wasn't explaining like like coming down on him. Oh. I was just ex- I was like putting him onto game. Like yo, you're exposed to more things at your age than I was probably my entire life. You wow. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's that's crazy. And I was like telling him in a way. I was really kicking it with him, not like father, like, hey, hey, hey. I was like, tell him, yo, like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't play soccer. He played soccer. I, we didn't even have grass. I didn't even play <laughs> like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, we didn't have fucking grass in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So, I love so I'm putting him on the great. stuff like, yo, B, this is kind of crazy. And one, he's in touch with himself. And two, he knows life. Like, he yeah. knows that he's in a good place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even though me and his mother is not together. He yeah. knows what it is. Like, he knows... I have it good. And I try to explain. I remember the first time I took him to the projects. It was like a fucking museum. Then he's like, yeah, this is where we used to live. He's like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is crazy. Like, people yeah. pissing on the oven. Like, yeah, you know, like, 
It's unfortunate, but that's what it is. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain them, even in his fortunate situation now, or somebody right across the street from your house could be neglected. So I ask him, are you happy? Are you loved? Do you feel loved? And sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. But I want him to know that he can tell me either way. And it's it's just hard being a father because you never know what a child is thinking. Yeah. I almost want to get in his brain. And they have no filter. And I remember growing up and my mom being so overbearing and I didn't understand it until I became a parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to give him his space, but I really want to be like, what do you think? And talk to yeah. me. Like, but Valid. you know what I'm saying? You, the greatest thing I tell people is with children, you can't discipline them in the disciplined action, meaning if he does something wrong, he's crying and he's falling down. Yeah. I can't discipline him in that space because he's so turned off. So literally, I be I kick okay. game to him in a whole nother. It's a time where we playing. He don't even realize that game is being kicked to him. Oh, okay. I, especially for boys, I don't want him to feel like, yeah. when he's already because that's how boys I don't want him to fear me I don't want him yeah. to fear life Yeah. so when he's in that space sometimes you gotta just let a motherfucker have a meltdown you know what I'm saying yeah. and you gotta put him on a game a little later so now, now he, I'm able to text him um and it, it's even impressive that he's able to text. I'm like, how the fuck did you know how to send a gift? Like, it's just so crazy to me. So I'm able to kick game to him days removed from where he did something that he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And I think that's better than trying to reprimand him in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's already falling out and, you know what I'm saying, his mother's already getting on him. So he just recently had a situation where we were telling him, even when we're yelling at you, everything that me and your mother do is to protect you. Yeah. We're coming at you in a certain way because we want to figure out how to protect you. Sometimes we got to rearrange our game. And he kind of understood that. So when you do something in school and teacher says you did this and you did that, when we come to you, we're not yelling at you. We're trying to get a full scope so we can figure out how to readjust the shit that we doing to really put you on game and to protect you because you know you're around a certain group of people we have to protect you because once our black boys get a certain label now that label stuck with them for life so we have to know what happened why did it happen were you standing up were you standing Mm -hmm. to him he think he's like coming down on him now we need to know the full scope because me and your mother need to know how to properly protect you so even though he's 10 he kind of get it you know what I'm saying but it sucks that we even gotta prep our boys like this so even though my son is able to be a complete child when he was young I used to tell him stuff about you know what I'm saying discrimination he didn't get it but he's just a little gym you know yeah. you know what I'm saying because yeah. I don't want it to be overbearing because I think I turned out well and I didn't have nobody mm-hmm. giving me any gyms I didn't yeah. learn about I, everything I learned about life outside of school I taught myself I was fortunate enough for my mother and my sister mm-hmm. to be in my life but like everything about discrimination and segregation I had to learn just from being nosy and, yeah. you know what I'm saying so I'm trying to teach my son a lot of little different stuff but as a father, you almost want to tell him everything, but I got to spread that shit out. But being yeah. a father is 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 incredible. It's the scariest thing in the world, but it's, it's beautiful, man. It's really beautiful. I'm glad you speak to that and the fact that you did not have a father growing up. And oftentimes the cycle continues. You don't have a father, so you kind of create a child and you're not a part of that child's Correct. life. What propelled you to make sure you were a part of your son's life every step of the you know, way? Again, going back to that circle of good friends, right? So okay. I think the misconception is that cycle does exist, but for the most part, if you're around shitty people that exist the way my community is the way my hood is the way my friends is the way my family is if i wasn't a good father i couldn't even fucking come around that's same thing with my friends you can't even fucking come around yeah motherfuckers will let you know like i have friends who've been shunned for not properly or you know what i'm saying like like that it, it has to happen yeah because even though a lot of my friends may not be with the with the mothers or whatever Nah, if you if we don't feel you proper with our with, with with your children, then you can't even fucking come around. And I was fortunate enough that my sister's boyfriend now husband was in my life, and um, my big cousin Greg, and I just had good people mm-hmm. who I looked at who were like father figures. I'm like, oh shit. Even if I knew a shitty man yeah. in my life, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I always had good uncles around taking care of their children. I'm like, oh, that shit is kind of dope. Mm-hmm. And then again, you know, growing up and, and then becoming a father, I was already 
prepping myself to be because I'm like I said I'm a big kid if you're a big kid if you love life if if you like to have fun you're going to be a good father but to be a father and to really do everything that I do again you got to be organized you can never properly prepare for children but if you kind of got your shit together a child just comes and slips right on in but if your shit is wobbly like like, (laughs) when a child comes your shit going to flip the fuck over But luckily, I was fortunate enough for family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My shit was kind of together. Yeah. You could never have it all together. I think that's a misconception people have. Valid. It's going to come and rock your shit. But um, he came in, and it was beautiful, and it was, you know, some adjustment because I was still, you know what I'm saying, a boy, and I had to become a man. Yeah. Um, it was, You know, it was things I didn't do right, but I got it right. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I got it right, and his mom is incredible, and mm-hmm. she let me get it right. Great. And at the same time, she had to get right, and she got right. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, I think it's a misconception. Things have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And even though I was with him from the time he was born, things weren't always perfect. But yeah. it has to get perfect. With yeah. children, it should got to get perfect. Or as close to perfect as you can get yeah. it. Yeah, because you're setting an example. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to mention the fact, I love how you just said, just kicking it with him and spitting game. And this it makes it such a very relaxed environment but where the child is learning and I just wanted to point that out because sometimes people do feel like when they're talking to their parents they're getting lectured and there's, they don't have that real compatible relationship but just hearing the way you have that relationship with your son I just think that's great and I personally I can't wait to have children it's fun man especially if you into fun shit <laughs> so he give me sometimes I be doing shit like, I be at the Lego store, and I'm doing, like, a instant. People are like, oh, I'm like, my son ain't even with me. Like, I'm fucking yeah, yeah, by, by my fucking self. Like, <laughs> when people send me stuff to do with my son, I'm like, I'm doing this. Like, fuck, yeah. fuck he talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. I don't care if he come. Like, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. But it's incredible. Fatherhood is, is a blessing, man. Yeah. It's That's a blessing. amazing. And on your website, kelsmania.com, you have a link for GoFundMe for Mia Grace. Yes. A girl who's suffering from a rare brain tumor. Can you just speak to a little bit about your relationship with her so, and what prompted you? To, to my share. that's my son's sister, my my son's mother's daughter. Okay. Um, I was kind of in her life since she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and you know, because my son calls me dad, she refers to me as dad. So Sweet. you know what I'm saying? It's just she's just mimicking his behavior. Um, she we she got diagnosed, and it, it was kind of crushing for us because what she has is very rare. Yeah. So even when that happened, you know, I had to readjust and tell people that I'm off. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And some people got it, some people didn't. Some people still don't understand. It's like, I have to go on, but there's this thing looming over my head that until the doctors say, yo, it has disappeared or whatever, that's all I'm thinking about. So it's almost one of them things where, like, you going about your day, like, whistling, whistling. Like, damn, like, it's in this dark cloud of thought. Yeah. But she's in a good space. She finished chemo, which so. shrinks or tries to dissolve the tumor she has in her mm-hmm. brain. And now she's going for some new trials that we're hoping um, will do well. But, you know, we got some good news. The tumor has shrunk. That's amazing. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary because what she has is incurable and is a 1% survival rate. So because of that, and you and this is the thing where I had to cut a lot of people off when we started the GoFundMe, people were like, well, don't you have insurance? And what pe- most people don't realize is cancer is not only detrimental to your health, but finances as well, because there are a lot of these bylaws in where they only cover cancer on Tuesdays. It's just bullshit. It's weird shit. And they mm-hmm. only cover uh, 81%. Like, And it's just wow. weird shit that they, I don't know if they make up, they throw dots on the wall. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> So my son's mom had to stop working, right? Even if you're a trillionaire, right, and you go to a job every day, the minute you stop, that's a lot. So right. it has nothing yeah. to do with how like, our being in life and mm-hmm. money. But if someone, if you're in a two-income house and someone stops working, that's a lot. Yeah. No matter what. This is true. So we had to offset that. And then treatments and trials and stuff. The amount is crazy. Like, pe- I don't think people realize with insurance or not, it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially for what she has, especially because of her age. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to say, yo, you get cancer, you see how it is. But, yeah. you know, there are a lot of people I have to cut off because they ask simple, stu- silly, silly yeah. questions. Or you ever see when somebody pass away on social media, you see somebody in the comments, how'd he pass? How the, f- doesn't what the matter. fuck does it like matter? Like, we here now. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm saying, hey, guys, donate to Mia Grace's, because everyone knew her, I'd post on my yeah. story, and everyone knew my relationship with her, and everyone knew I wasn't her biological father, but that yeah. is my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I ref- that's how I refer to her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I would share with some people, they'd be like, don't you got insurance? 
And then, no, mind you, this, it's almost, yeah. it was like so crazy. It was funny. You're like, damn, what the fuck are you talking about? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and then, you know, I don't want to be morbid and be like the elephant in the room. I want people to come to me like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But there are some people in my life who should have checked on me and should mm-hmm. check on me that didn't. Right. So mm-hmm. I had to mentally cut them off and they don't realize that they're cut off. And I'm not, I shouldn't have to tell you that you cut off because everyone at this point, if you're close in my life, you should know what, what is happening. Yeah. Right. And it sucks when I run to people and they have, I see them, I'm talking to them, I'm just people who watch my shit and know. And they see me, they're like, yo, I ain't no, like, again, what I was talking about support, I don't know what more I could do. I share everything that's going on in my life, an event. So that's why when people are like, yeah. yo, no invite. I post everything. I post yeah. events. I post what's going on with me. I always give updates on what she's doing. You can see who watched the story. I don't know if you're screaming through it. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But that's, I'm nosy. If your child gets sick, if I fuck with you, I'm a no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you don't know, so it's like, and then I don't want to be like one of those people like, oh, you ain't donate. I can't fuck with you. I can't be like that. But you got, I'm like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of people who... Should have stepped up and didn't step up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So motherfuckers send me their mixtape. I'm not listening to your mixtape. Motherfuckers yeah. send me. So I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be in a that dark space. So the way I get out of that dark space is by continuously doing silly shit. So a lot of times when people see people doing silly shit or people that you assume are successful making, that's how they stay humble. And that's how they bring themselves mm-hmm. back down. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm always looking for ways of or trying to recollect myself. Like, oh, am I bugging? Should I check myself? Because a lot of times you got to check yourself. Because what's going on right now with my family and her health, I could easily walk up to anybody and be like, yo, did you fucking donate? I can't fuck with you. Yeah. I have that right. Yeah. But I can't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because then I'm becoming a person that I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and But it sucks. Yeah. So it's like I'm trying to balance myself. And at the same time, I'm honest with my friends. And I just had a call before I met with you guys. Mm-hmm about something that my friend was doing, and I told him, yo, I'm going to need you to speak to my sister because I can't mentally do it right now. Mm-hmm. What he wanted me to do, and he understood it because that's my, my yeah. man, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some people understand, but it sucks when I have to explain it to someone. Like, yo, yeah. I'm a little delayed because of what's going on, and on top of me being busy, that's going on. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, people, you can donate to Mia's Grace, um, GoFundMe, and it's been going really well. And we, it's dope the feedback she's been getting from her community and her mother's community. And we've had to up the amounts because of the, the you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. even out the GoFundMe, people are, are looking out and people supporting. They just came from Disney World with Make a Wish. It was incredible. And she's like, she just got started walking again. Oh, wow. Man. That's so, amazing. Man. You know, if anybody can handle it, it'll probably be her because she don't sit down and she yeah. she don't take no for nothing. So it's like maybe it needed to happen to her to tell her to sit down. I don't know what yeah. the reason why it happened, but um, she's doing great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's back to jumping on a trampoline and shit That's that sweet. she wasn't able to do two months ago. So mm-hmm. and luckily, you know, saying she's so loved and the, she's the energy that they. I don't think she realizes what's going on with her. She probably knew something wasn't right, but she's the same person. She's still bought to you. And, and that's good. Yeah, she don't need to know. Yeah. She, so yeah. she's doing well, but you know what I'm saying? She still needs a lot of prayer and support, and that's mm-hmm. what we've been getting. So it's incredible the support we, ha- we, we have been getting, but I just wish a lot of other people who were supposed to be be there for me were and they weren't. Yeah. And and it's that's and you gotta what keep happens. it moving. You gotta keep you gotta it moving. keep it moving and it kinda puts things into perspective. When things happen to you, who's really there for you? Correct. Who's gonna be in your space? And then also too, sometimes we gift a lot to people and then when it's not fully Correct. returned. But, but people love and treat each other differently. You know what I've realized with that, just to always come mm-hmm. back and check myself. Mm-hmm. Black people have not been taught how to console people properly. This is true. What we do is, if I'm walking down the street, I'm like, yo, B, what's going on? Yo, how's your mother? Oh, she just died. I see you later. We've got so uniformed in in speaking response that we don't need. So you ever have somebody be like, hey, well, are you a a parent? No. No. So it's this joke I always tell people. People Mm -hmm. walk up to me and be like, hey, how's your son? Like fuck my son. How, how am I? Like, <laughs> yeah. We act stuff. We don't even realize yeah. it. He's out back fucking shooting dice. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell. How am I? Like start yeah. with that. People yeah. ask that before they. I'm like, yo. Well, I just found that I'm dying tomorrow. Like, <laughs> but I, aside so from that, we we you know yeah. we we uh, we ask questions without properly being prepared. Valid to respond. So mm-hmm. people are like, hey, how's your health? You're like, well, you know, I'm about to die tomorrow. They're like, oh, well, you know, I'm having a party next week. You know? Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? We, we don't know how to properly. Yeah. So 
I give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt because we all have our own shit. Yeah. Everybody knows nobody, and I'm one of the people. Nobody shit is bigger than the other person. Yeah. Your your situation where you're about to cut my cell phone off tomorrow. That may be a big deal to you. I don't even maybe you care yeah. for your mother, your grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, yo, my daughter has brain cancer. That that doesn't that your daughter yeah. doesn't have it. You, your problem right now is your phone. So I'm never one of them people like, yo, well, my problem is bigger than yeah. yours. Yeah. But what I've realized is that we don't know how to properly say, what do you need from me? Yeah. But what I've realized is because most people are not honest with themselves, so they don't know how to deal with your shit. Mm-hmm. If I don't know how to properly deal with my shit, I don't even know how, how, how do I come in. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a weird object. How do you pick this up? Mm-hmm. So I give big people the benefit of the doubt. And I know people's hearts. Yeah. So even though I felt shafted by a lot of people I do know a lot of people hearts there's some people who just didn't give a fuck and I understand that that's the kind of people they are and one of the miscommunications we have about the people in our lives is we think our our friend all our friends should listen to our podcast and it's just not what it is you may have a friend literally that just go drink with you and that's what that person is when you need moral support about a business or something that's not those like I got friends who could call right now yo motherfuckers is fronting on me downtown Brooklyn they'll drive over here and shoot the whole shit up (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah (laughs) You like what the fuck? But I can't call them. Yo, I'm I'm giving out sweaters to the homeless, and they'll tell you about. I ain't with that positive. Yeah, just like that. (laughs) So you gotta know who you got in your life. You got to know who you got in your life. And most people don't. And they stress themselves. Like, yo, my friend needs support. No, you're going to the wrong people for support. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I I got friends who I do. I got friends who I party with. And I got friends who I do community shit with. Yeah. Some it's know. beautiful when it's all when it's the same. Yeah. And I'm fortunate enough that a lot of my shit is the same people. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying in general, people need to realize that these are my friends that I do ratchet shit with. Mm-hmm. These are my friends I go to church with. These are my friends who do this with. And all of them are friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People are like yo, you're, if you if you don't support my bitch and I'm a friend, that's not true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm I got friends who've never been in in my store in mm-hmm. home. They live in home. They've never been in my store. Now, if I say, yo, I got beef, they'll be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's different. It's different. different like, folks. It's, it's it, it sucks that, yeah. that I got I got friends who never walk by my store. I got friends, and I'm going to put the clip on my IG store so they'll see, that will cross the street, walk over, and I see them. They don't think I see them. So I see y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> How y'all doing? And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? For whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I, I'm yeah. somewhere where they, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be jealousy. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'll, that person no less of a friend than me because I'm still living my life beautifully and happy. Valid. They, that's something in them. That's not something I should, hey, yeah. you're not supporting me. That's an insecurity in them. I, I'm not going to panic over mm-hmm. somebody not supporting every party I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do black ties. Some of my friends fucking they don't even know where to begin on a black tie yeah so they'll come to the black tie but when i do ratchet shit they come in you gotta you gotta understand who you're dealing with so i i don't i don't fault nobody for shit but there are some people i felt away who mm-hmm. didn't step up for the shit that i was going through right. you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and it is what it is but I, I don't panic and i think most people panic and that's what discourages people when their quote-unquote friends don't support them but i tell people want to who want to do clothing lines you're not successful at what you're doing to people you don't know support you. Your mother, your auntie, and them, and your friends from the block, if they buy all your t shirts, that's not support. They're going to, yeah. like, if anybody in my family starts anything, I'm going to buy one. Just, it shit could be the waggish shit in the world. You're yeah. going to buy it. Until you, people you don't know support your shit, that's why I always encourage people when you start something, do a website because mm-hmm. you're reaching more people than you realize. Valid. Your friends and family is not real support. It's just not. I, I don't respect that. It's not. You need strangers who you got to tell this is who you are. Yeah. So it's dope. When I'm in a bar in Harlem and they have the liquor and the bartender may know, they be like, and somebody may be like, oh, yo, let me see the bottle. And the people are like, oh, shit, like, that's yeah. your shit. Like, and then they, you know, my picture's on the bottle. It blows their mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Do you think so, they blow your mind because of the perception they may have of you as a black man or in general? Well, no, 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 no. Um, I think it blows their mind because... um. Because the way you carry yourself. It exists. Like, yeah. like oh, You're shit. You're not wearing tux all the time. Oh, and, <laughs> and that, that, that throws a lot of people off, too. When they see me, like, on a regular date, they're like, oh, you regular? Like, I'm just... You got fronts. <laughs> what, <laughs> what I post online, you know what I'm saying, is online, 
social media is real life, which is a curated life. Yeah. Now, I'm, when when my bills is due, when my <laughs> fucking car, when my tire need, why would I? That, that don't even. There's yeah. no sexy way to put that on there. There's no filter. So for people that. like yo, you being fake? No, I'm not being fake. I'm only showing you dope shit. Yeah. Because that's what I want to see. I yeah. don't. Now, and I'll show you real shit every now and again. But when the fucking student loans keep calling, how do I even properly yeah. promote that? Wait, what am I promoting? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm only showing you dope shit. Now, when you look at somebody's social media as a, like as a snapshot, is discouraging as fuck. Yeah. But what you don't realize is I started with nothing. The person, everybody did it. Everybody started at zero. Yeah. Now, they up, but you got to get up there. Most yeah. people forget the hard work. Most yo people have no fucking idea how hard I work. They have mm-hmm. no idea how hard we work. Like yeah. it, I'm only showing you the final result. One of the greatest things I've ever heard, Eric Thomas, who's a, a motivational speaker, said, "An NBA game is 48 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So that's a constraint. But with the what your opponent can't tell you to do is how much you practice. You could practice for 4,800 hours mm-hmm. for that 48 minute game." Yeah. Now, once you get in that forty-eight minute game, that's is nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. But they can't tell you how long you can practice. Yeah. So you can practice. You can study. You can do research. You can get better. You can tighten your shit up. You can do all of this dope mm-hmm. shit. And then when it's time to really get down, you yeah. ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was saying earlier, I could start anything right now because I'm ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have the infrastructure. I have the support. You know what I'm saying? And I see people all the time, yo, if I had a team, if I had a team, you ain't never going to get a team by saying if I had a team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't going to never have a team oh, if you say you're... Oh, shade that's being thrown. You, you ain't going to never get it. <laughs> you ain't going to get it. No the same way people be on Instagram or Facebook or some shit like, yo, I'm bored. If, if I, I'm not going to hit you up. Yeah. You're boring. Yeah. <laughs> if you true. post you're bored, what? I, I'm not a clown. What, you want me to come like... Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. I don't no. know what you want me to do. Yeah. Right? People who, who present themselves as some lit shit. I could Right now, I could get into some lit shit anywhere in New York City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm intertwined with good motherfuckers. Yeah. Because they got good energy. Yeah. But if I see them putting out bad energy, right, everybody want real. But if I see you being real, yo, my rent's due. I'm like, damn, I want to be around this motherfucker. Yeah. Dave Chappelle said something funny one time. He said, yo, white people and black people smoke weed two different ways. <laughs> <laughs> white people... White people smoke weed to te- to get away from their problems. Black people smoke weed to tell you about their problems. <laughs> Man, I'm stressed out too. Well, I gotta hear your like, shit. I don't want to hear this. I just want to smell the Yo, facts. Like, yo, what the fuck? Yo, like, I, if we drinking, like let's ha- let's let's, let's just be yeah, fun. let's vibe. Yeah. And that's, that's the energy you always want to be around. Now, that's when we true. get into real shit, let's get into real shit. But if you realize people with good energy always become good friends, and then you could tell them some deep shit. But for somebody with bad energy, they never really have really good friends. They always have them falling out with people because yeah. you always have bad energy. Yeah. Don't look for no fucking tea. You got to create that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yo, some of the best people I've met has been through a DM through Instagram that are now a part of my team. Literally, yeah. I, swear to, I swear. Like, it's crazy. And when I sit back and think about it, when I tell stories to other people about how, like, if someone was here and I, t- I love telling people how I met other people mm-hmm. your eyes gotta be open yeah it's great people all the fuck around but true. I think what happens is we only accustomed to hanging out who we grew up with yeah, yeah. and I'm fortunate enough to have the best of both worlds anybody I grew up with is still a, a, a like brother they're not even friends anymore. they're like yeah. brothers right yeah and I know anything I do, I already got that core group. Yeah. But now I'm out searching for other core motherfuckers to come join in. Yeah. So I, I want new friends. I need new friends. I need new eyes. I need new yeah. ears. I need new energy. That's valid. But that energy only comes around when I'm just chilling. Yeah. And people, yo, I've had dudes, younger dudes, DM me saying, yo, B, I don't know what I want to do in my life, but I need to be around your energy. Yeah. And at least some of my best That's friends. That's so dope. I swear. Like, that is so, it's so and crazy. genuine and real for yeah. someone to come. And I love telling that, that story when they're around. they be like, yo, B, I, I ain't know who's going to answer. Yeah. Like if I see if I see yo you you don't want nothing you don't want a job you don't want none of this shit you just literally want to be around good energy yo come around that's dope wild inviting be anything we do come around be and you gonna love it you gonna love my family you gonna love we about yeah it's a misconception people see online then they come around my family like oh shit this shit is fucking lit yeah like I didn't tell you it wasn't lit you know what I'm saying like we just have this misconception in the black community that successful people are stuffy and shit like nah we still from the streets like we we just dress up nice this is what we like to do. But we still ratchet, we still talk crazy, we still from, from the hood, like, 
And I think that's why we've been able to maintain our success is that we're humble yeah. and we're ourselves and nobody is trying to be different. Nobody's trying to be act white. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We've heard that sometimes. But no, this is if you come into the store the same way the store, the vibe fit, that's how our homes feel. Great. That's why we come into the store, it's like you coming into somebody's house. This is how my house you come you go, oh, yeah, shit. This is true. I yeah. get it. Yeah. Like this is a fucking this is a vibe. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So and when you come into our store, you're a part of our family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the only person who changes that is you. Is our, our energy always going to be the same. Yeah. You just got to match it. So I love meeting new people. I love being around good energy. But if you're putting online that, yo, if I get a team, you ain't going to no ever team. get a That's fucking true. team. It's That's not going. Like, nobody's going to sign up for your true. team. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, Michael Jordan ain't have to go and get good players. No. They like, yo, B, I got to get down with this yeah. motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Valid. Like, you just got to be lit. You got to perfect your shit. You got to present an image of success. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the fine line with present an image of success to people is, is that some fake shit. Yeah. But it's really not. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Nobody wants to be around somebody that's a failure. You know what I'm saying? No, it's somebody true. that's putting off bad vibes. You want to be around somebody that looks like they do they know what they're doing, that's talking like they know what they're doing. Yeah. That's behaving like they know what they're doing. And plus so, energy is contagious and that's very important that you're around dude. that and yeah. you have that. And we're just happy to have you here and yeah, be here. And yeah. even when we met, we spoke with you, it was like, yo, this dude is real as fuck. <laughs> and we're just really happy to have you on our show. We have to um end up because we're yes. coming close to time. But can you please let our followers know where we can find on your social media well you can follow me personally at Kells Mania that's K-E-L-L-S-M-A-N-I-A you can follow the boutique Haberdashery NYC 5001 Flavors um, HHB Spoke Spirits is the spirit brand um, Take Care Harlem is non for profit our other non for profit group is the League of Distinguished Gentlemen you can follow us at the League DGM you can go on HarlemHaberdashery.com or literally come up to the boutique and check us out. You could come have a drink. You could come relax. You could come literally people like some people come and sit in the store for hours and just chill like 245 Lenox Avenue. We always have events. You can find out about any event that we're having on Haberdashery NYC. And we have every type of event you can imagine. So it ain't just stuffy shit. We got <laughs> ratchet shit. We got, you know what I'm saying? We got all kinds of different fun things. That, uh-huh. People can be involved in. We have family-friendly stuff. We got not-so-family-friendly <laughs> stuff. But literally, when you come to one of our events, um, you will have fun, and we have something that will cater to everyone. And I'm always ready to encourage and motivate and listen to anybody's idea, and that's what I love when people come into the store to get encouragement. And it's dope when you, when people follow you and then they come in. Or it's dope when I'm, people follow me and see me on a train, like, yo, B, like, you know, you did this and you did that. I just well, I just got a dope email earlier about something that I encouraged somebody to do. Um, so you never know who you're inspiring, but just right. keep inspiring. Just keep doing you. Don't look for a team. Be the energy you want to receive. Um, stop Being lying to you yourself. Yes. Stop lying to other people. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. But I think being honest with yourself is the hardest shit in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And be who you are. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. I think yes. you ended that perfectly. We really appreciate <laughs> you coming you. on the show. It yes. was amazing. Take us away, Coach P. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, you purchased that ringtone playing in the background, all silky smooth in your ears. For Android users, you can do it at the Tunes Store. And for Apple users, you can do that at the iTunes Store. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching unapologetically different. And finally, you can find all our shows on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Stitcher by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.